In this episode, I'm going to look at why some churches have very large congregations and why some churches have very small congregations. Hope you guys enjoy it. This is episode 16. Your pastor can't preach. sports is that sports is one of the best examples of the cream rising to the top isn't it i mean you can have a million people a billion people playing sports but only a very 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 small percentage are good enough to make it to the professional leagues whether we're talking about basketball, baseball, football, soccer, golf, tennis, whatever you name it. Only a very, very small percentage make it to the major leagues. And we know why. The people who make it to the major leagues, they are, well, they can run faster, they can jump higher, they have a quicker reaction time. They're just more athletic than normal human beings <laughs> in, in, in terms of their uh, physical abilities they are the cream of the crop right so when they make it to the major leagues it, it makes sense you're able to easily comprehend it you're able to to wrap your head around it like Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. And you get it. Like, you understand why. He was an amazing athlete. He was super tall, you know, much taller than the average guy. He was six six. He was a, a freak of an athlete, just insane athleticism. Of course he became the greatest basketball player of all time. When you combine an amazing athlete with an amazing work ethic, well, those are people that make it to the top. And most people don't have those DNA, right? Those genetics. We just don't. The rest of us, we're good at other stuff like podcasting and writing and stuff. <laughs> it's just not. Just not necessarily sports, and that's okay. We all have our gifts. But you understand why Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, and LeBron James, and all of that. Like, you get it. That's easy. Now, some other stuff, some other feels, it's hard to comprehend what does it take to rise to the top. Like what? Well, 
What about a church? Have you ever thought about how many churches we have in America? All right? Especially the South. So I live in the South, and if you live in the South, you know what I'm talking about. There's nearly a church on almost every corner. Like, there are churches everywhere. There are so many options for people to choose a church home. And you think, and based on the number of options, you think that all of the churches would have pretty much the same number of of people that go to the church? The same level of membership? But it's not. Despite all these churches, despite all the options, there are still some churches that become really, really big. And I guarantee you, in your hometown, in your home state, there's probably a big, 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 big church. Right? Well, here's my question. What's the difference between a big church and a little church? What are the big churches doing that the little churches aren't doing? These bigger churches, I mean, what have they figured out that the little churches, they just can't seem to figure out? You to have some kind of formula, some kind of code, some sort of cheap sheet. I remember I was talking with some friends and one of my friends was like, you know, the problem is with these churches, these big churches, the reason why they become so big is because they're not actually teaching the word of God. They're simply telling people what they want to hear. I, I don't think that's it. I think that's an easy answer. I think that's a cop out. I mean, that's like me saying if I played Michael Jordan in a game of one on one basketball, even though he's you know retired, he's been retired for years. He probably could still ain't no problem. He could destroy me. He will destroy me in basketball one on one. And when he does beat me, when he does embarrass me, if I were to turn around and say, well, you know what, Mike, you only beat me because you cheat, man. That ain't fair. You're not you're not playing by the rules. That that wouldn't be true. Right. Michael Jordan would beat me in basketball because he's a better basketball player than me. Tom Brady would beat me in football because he's a better football player than me. That's easy. You get that. You understand that. Now, I want to be clear. I'm not saying that a bigger church is better than a smaller church. I'm just saying that the bigger churches, they have something. I don't know. I'm just saying something is going on. Something has to explain what's going on between a big church and a smaller church. So what is it? Well, I I think to, to really consider this question, to analyze it deep, which is what we like to do on this podcast, right? We like to analyze things deep, right? To think about it, the first thing we need to think about, well, what do people look for in joining a church home? I mean, you, I mean, ask yourself, when you were looking for a church home, what are some things you were looking for? And I know you're going to say, oh, Dan, I can't answer that question. That's such a broad question and it's very subjective. That's not fair. It's going to vary from person to person. And you're right. You're right. I will acknowledge that. However, I think there are some general big things that we can agree on. The first thing. 
what are they actually teaching at the church? That's common sense, right? It makes sense. The message, the word of God. That's the most important thing. You would think so, right? What do I mean? So if I am a Catholic, I probably am going to end up going to a Catholic church. I'm not going to go to a Baptist church. If I'm a Baptist, I probably want to join a Baptist church. If I'm a Methodist, I probably want to join a Methodist church. Right? And so on and so on and so on. That's easy. So all things being equal, if I had, so if I'm a Baptist and if I had to choose between joining a Baptist church and a Methodist church, I'm probably going to join a Baptist church. That's easy. But what if your choice was between a Baptist church and a Baptist church? Or if you were a Catholic and your choice was between this Catholic church or that Catholic church, how do you decide what church to join at that point? So once you determine that the church actually is teaching the word of God as you believe it to be, how do you make your choice when you have so many options? What else are you going to look for in a church home? How about praise and worship, right? Praise and worship. It's the part of service in which you actually can sing and dance, and it's meant to glorify God. It's meant to praise the Lord. But not all praise and worship is equal, right? Sometimes for you, for your taste, for your sensibilities, the praise and worship can be too much. They just doing too much in this praise and worship, too much shouting, too much dancing, too much yelling. I don't like this. Or it could be they're not doing enough. You know, this praise and worship is kind of boring. I want to praise God. They're not praising God here. They're just hymning. They're, they're, they're just sitting down and sort of, you know, not really into it. It's not my, it's not my kind of church. I'm going to have to leave. Now, some of you may be thinking, oh, that praise and worship, Dan, that, that shouldn't matter. I mean, once, once you determine that they're actually teaching the word of God in the church, why should the praise and worship matter? Well, you know it matters. So let's get beyond that. It it does matter. I've had some people say that, you know, they really like the church, but they stopped going because the praise and worship was just bad. Or I've had some people say, you know, I really have some issues with the church, but the praise and worship is so amazing. It's so good. I just have to, I, this is my church home. And for some people, the praise and worship is the most important part of it. Isn't it? Okay, so what else? Well, there's some other things that people look for when they join a church home. How about fellowship? What do I mean by that? Does the church encourage a sense of fellowship, a sense of community with the other members of the congregation? Are the people just seeing each other when they come to church? Or are they forming real relationships and real bond with one another outside of the church and community is important isn't it because everybody wants to feel like they are a part of the group when you went to school you wanted to be with the in group with the in crowd at your job at college on the sports team at your gym wherever you want to feel like you're a part of something bigger so if you go to a church and if you feel like an outcast in the church you're probably not gonna want to Keep going to that church. So that's one thing that people look for in the church. 
a sense of fellowship, a sense of community. What else? Ooh, now this next one. Now you guys may disagree, but I think this is probably the most important part. How good is the pastor? What do I mean by that? Is he a good preacher? I mean, can he get you fired up? Can he really, really, you know, teach the word of God? Does he have that charisma that you just like? And charisma, as in all things, is a, is a very subjective thing, right? Because charisma does not just come in the shape of, you know, being loud or yelling or very theatrical or dramatic. It also can come in the shape of a person that is very calm and deliberate in their way of speaking. And you sort of hold on to their every word. Charisma is very subjective. But the pastor has to have that, doesn't he? To lead a flock of people. I mean, this is the person that you are, you know, he's supposed, he or she is supposed to be leading your soul in a sense, right? I've heard some people say, you know, Dan, I really love that church, but the pastor just don't know how to preach. He's a really, really bad preacher. Or I've heard some people say, you know what, Dan? Now, the church is lacking in some other parts. You know, the praise and worship, uh, it's not really good. There's no sense of fellowship or community. But the pastor, man, he can preach. He can preach. And for some people, that may be the most important thing. I don't know. I think all these things are subjective in terms of what you're looking for. But I think broadly speaking, these are the things that people tend to look for when they look into uh, joining a church. And like I said, I I think the pastor is the most uh, important aspect. So that's my theory. And I actually had a chance to test this theory that I came up with a while ago when I was looking for a church home. But before I do that, I want to I want to share with you guys, uh, I actually grew up in the church. My grandfather was a pastor, and my grandfather was a pastor of this church for, I want to say, 30, 40 years. Um, the church was one of the many churches in the neighborhood that I grew up in. And we never had more than, I'd say, 20 or 30 members at any one time. It was always a very, very small congregation. And I think we were the smallest church in the neighborhood. So what was happening inside that church? So let's go over. So let's apply what we just learned to what was happening at the church that I grew up I grew up in. The message. Well, the message was, it was pretty common, uh, traditional as to... It, it it was in sync with the other messages that were being taught in that neighborhood, in that community. Most people in that community were Christians. Uh, my church was Church of God in Christ. We had some Baptist churches. I think we had some Methodist churches, but it was pretty much uh, in sync with one another. So there was nothing that stood out there. Now, the praise and worship. Now, the praise and worship was very... Um, <laughs> very f- uh, free-flowing. 
uh, if that makes sense. There was no choir. There was no band. There was no band director. Uh, there was no pre-selection of songs. There was nothing going on with the lights, doing praise and worship, nothing like that. At my church, it was simply whoever wanted to sing a song, you could stand up and you could sing a song. And the other people that knew the words of the song, they could join in or they could just keep their mouths shut and just wait till the person got, <laughs> got done singing. So, I mean, the praise and worship could have used some work. The fellowship. Now, in the church, there did come to be, you know, strong bonds. Uh, mostly uh, the the ladies of the church, they developed really strong relationships with my grandmother, who was a first lady. And the men, uh, they really looked up to and relied uh, on my grandfather for advice and just wisdom. But in terms of uh, fellowship amongst the other members in the church, th- that was not really encouraged uh, in the church. That, that was not really um, pushed in the church. So it was, so I think the sense of fellowship, the sense of community could have, you know, could have had some work on that. And the last part, the preaching. Now, my grandfather was not um, a, a screamer or a yeller or anything like that. He just, stand in the pulpit one area for the most part and he just talked and he talked in a very calm and deliberate manner and sometimes he would raise his voice in the pulpit but not for the most part uh, but overall I'd say my grandfather was an above average public speaker he was he was pretty good but if you combine you know his speaking abilities and the lack of fellowship and you know the praise and worship needing some work uh, we just couldn't compete with the o- other churches in the neighborhood, with the uh, other churches in the community. All right, so let's fast forward. So like I said, I got a chance to apply this theory uh, several years ago. After I graduated law school, I moved back to my hometown, and I was looking for some churches, right? I wanted to join a church. I was looking for a church home. And one of the churches that I went to, it reminded me of my grandfather's church. Uh, the message, it was a common, uh, traditional message. It was a Christian message, right? It was okay. Uh, the praise and worship was very similar to what I was used to. No choir, no band director, nothing going on with the lights, no pre-selection of songs, nothing like that. Uh, people just get up and start singing, and then you join in the songs. The fellowship, it was a small church. It was not a sense of... Um, to me, it did not seem like the church encourage, like the church encourage any sense of fellowship or any sense of community. And the pastor, he was a pretty good uh, public speaker. Now, the other church I, I visited, I had heard about this church. Right, uh, people brag about this church. This church is supposed to be the fastest growing church in the area. It's one of the largest churches in the area, and I wanted to go, you know, see if the hype was real. And oh my God, it was. Okay, so let's get past the message. It was a Christian church. Okay, that's fine. And the praise and worship, guys, the praise and worship was next level. It's like I went to a concert. There was a choir. There was a band. There was a band leader. There was a choir director. And they did this thing with the lights that when I was growing up, going to church, I had never seen this before. They During praise and worship, they would dim the lights. 
why did they do that? Well, I know why they did that because I, I've, I've acted, I've done some theater, and th- they dim the lights to make it easier for you to get lost in the experience, to get in an almost trance-like uh, state. I think at certain parts they even they'll, I think they even uh, had missed even doing the <laughs> doing some of the praise and worship, like really, really putting you in a deep spiritual. Uh, spiritual mood. It was incredible. So praise and worship was next level. Uh, the fellowship, it was a strong sense of fellowship within the church, a strong sense of community in the church. It seemed that the church really uh, encouraged that, the sense of fellowship, the sense of community. And the last part, guys, oh my God, the speaking, the pastor. Okay, this guy. So my grandfather was a pretty good public speaker, right? Compared to this guy, though, the pastor of this church, this guy is like the Michael Jordan of public speaking, of being a pastor. This guy, th- the way he was able to use his voice and his body and his storytelling and just he had the crowd, including me, eating out of the palm of his hands. I, I got why this was the largest growing church in the area because it was hidden all this stuff. It was hitting praise and worship, next, next level. It was hitting fellowship, next, next level. And the pastor himself was next, next level. So I totally got it. Right? It, it made sense. Now, some of you guys are going to say, you know what, Dan, all that stuff, shame on you. Shame. For shame. All that stuff is superficial. Man, as long as they're teaching the word of God, that's all you need. You shouldn't, people shouldn't be caring about praise and worship and, and fellowship and community and friends and, and pastor. They shouldn't care about any of that. You got God for that. Well, even if that's true, it, it does matter because we're human beings. And I think this stuff has always mattered. I think the things that we talked about it's probably been the reason why some churches tend to grow and some churches tend to not grow throughout history, whether we're talking about Christianity or other religions. You know, I, I was thinking about this when I was preparing for this podcast. It, it really made me think. I, I wonder about the founders of a religion or a new denomination How are they able to spread their message to so many people so quickly to get such deep, deep believers? They probably had a lot of this stuff going on that we talked about, especially the uh, charisma part. You know, I wonder sometimes. So the church that I grew up in is no longer around. Uh, My grandfather passed away many years ago, and the members, by that time, we had lost most of the members by that time and eventually the members sort of just fell by the wayside one by one I wonder sometimes what would my life has been what would my life have been like if my grandfather uh, would have been able to build a large congregation would I have still wanted to become an attorney or would I have wanted to just become a pastor would my grandfather have groomed me with the pressure of leading a large congregation well, I I guess that's something I never had to I never had to worry about. 
Mm-hmm. What's the difference between a big church and a large church? Well, I think it I think it has probably has less to do with you know God choosing to highlight one church over another and more to do with certain pastors just figuring all this other stuff out. And I think my grandfather just never thought about this other stuff. Maybe he never cared about it. He was a he wasn't a perfect man, he was a flawed man, but he did want to help people. And he was fine with just leading his small congregation. And that's fine. We all can't be Michael Jordan. We all can't be LeBron James. We all can't be Tom Brady. I mean, that's fine. Just like sports, when it comes to growing a large congregation, the cream is just going to rise to the top, just like everything else in life. Mm-hmm. Thank you.